0: Fight in It's the fight in. It's the It's the A
2: fighting. Cock. I
3: found out, um I found out the other day on TikTok, of all places. The only place, that's where I get all of my news, my information, my Spurs stuff. All of it. History. History, well, history, and that's a great segue to what I'm about to say. Is apparently the, the British Empire, when, um, here we go, a lot of yes, <laughs> the countries we conquered in inverted commas was by just putting a stake in the ground and just gone, we own this now. And they're like, is that the rules? And like, yeah. And if they would have gone back to, uh, if so, so if we if we would have arrived in Great Britain and put the flag down, would you have just let us take it? And they're like, yeah, they wouldn't, it's a lie, just to you know. We didn't need force. We used the brain,
1: John. Use wits. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. This is what I've been saying every time this subject comes up. You know, there's lots of horrible stuff that happens in history. It's a big game of winners and losers. Britain's just been the best at it over time. It's because we're the last, last great empire that we're getting all the shit. No one goes, oh, when you think of the Romans, everyone talks about all the stuff they did good, don't they? They always go, oh, the roads are brilliant, and they did all the underfloor heating and they're always banging on about that they're not they're not talking to them about all the bad stuff they've done so we're just you know we're just getting recency bias that's what I'm saying justice for oh, the British they, Empire why, recency all... <laughs> bias why does yeah. it keep coming up <laughs> I don't know I <laughs> don't know it's weird isn't it it's almost like we keep bringing it up I don't, see I, mean, I,
3: I I, couldn't give a shit about the British Empire I really don't care about it at all but you I mean I just like talking about it with you because you're so passionate about it
1: I find it funny
3: borderline um, um, I find it f- yeah. bo- you know borderline just show you a little bit about your character I don't know I don't know what it is Um... (laughs) Spooky how are you doing mate
2: I'm good I'm
3: right. good uh, yeah. can I, can, I, can I get your thoughts before we get this is the uh, Q&A podcast yeah. we're recording on Wednesday I'm away tomorrow so I can't record so I thought we'd get this in there We've got a big game against Nottingham Forest on Friday haven't we so I just thought fuck it let's just fucking do a little Q&A podcast see what happens eh yeah. um but on, some of the big news was uh, a doggy uh, signed a is it a doggy or a doggie because I, I i don't know a doggy a doggy a doggy right. okay uh, so with uh, a doggy, uh, this is a question from Tottenham Raw, and he says, uh, "With a doggy on a six point five year contract, how many years should SAR get? Before we talk about SAR because it'd be good to get your thoughts on it. A doggy signing a six year contract, someone must have had a word with him. Gone. This hasn't ended well for the last person who said the six year contract. He's signed till twenty thirty. I might not even be alive by then." That's a, that is a, a phenomenal bit of news. Like he's, he, I don't know, he's probably, he was probably on about, I don't know, six grand a week or, or whatever it was. And now he's paid like a proper professional and, 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 and a quality footballer that he is. But John, what, what, that, was, that was an encouraging bit of news, wasn't it? The fact that they've recognised the fact that this kid is unreal. And it was probably always in the plan to get him signed. But he's, his performances this season have been so much better than I anticipated. A lot of the players are the same.
1: But great news. I mean, it's astounding if I'm honest. Because we we signed, we signed him as a player who was um, a very exciting young talent in Syria. We weren't necessarily sure what we were going to get when we signed him because we loaned him straight back, and we were told that he's this sort of attacking fullback prospect. And we'd originally signed him under Conte, and we've now seen in the time since he's joined us, he's been like capped by Italy. He's put in these performances for us, and I think. I think this kind of really shows us where we're at as a football club, right? Days have gone gone by when a player would go from, where was he at? Udinese. Yeah. Udinese to a Spurs, and the intention is to go from Spurs to one of the top clubs. I think what this demonstrates is we are now one of the top <coughs> clubs, right? Which is why he's prepared to sign those longer deals, because he sees himself in, in a, a club that's able to... Um, fight for top prizes and to be in the Champions League, which is where he wants to be and where all players want to be. And so I think, you know, sometimes we forget that actually, like, we have moved forward as a club and that we are seen that way across Europe now as as one of the bigger clubs um, in Europe and certainly in the Premier League. So, yeah, it's amazing news um, just from a player perspective. Like, the guy is... Incredible, right? He's massive. He's quick. He's really intelligent. His technique's lovely. He's now we now obviously saw him you know, getting on the score sheet. Um, there's so much more to come from this guy. So this is this is really great news and out of nowhere. So really happy. His performance against Newcastle was sensational, wasn't it, Speak?
2: Yeah. yeah I mean there's signing him on a long contract as well is just like a it's such a massive statement because like Spurs have been desperate for this kind of culture defining Appointment, like managerial-wise, and, and we seem to have it under Postacoglu, And the players are together; they fight for each other. The spirit's there. They're all like poster boys for what it feels to be uh, a Spurs player and a Spurs supporter right now. Um, and just to just to follow up on what um, what John said, normally we would miss out on signing this player. He would sign for another club in Europe, like a mid to upper tier club. And then we'd be chasing for eighty million, and Chelsea would come in and sign him. So we're we're, we're doing our work. We're we're looking. Well, Paratici anyway done the work yeah. by us this time. But we're looking at players that fit the mold, that fit fit the <coughs> the projects, whatever you want to call it. Um, and yeah, like you said, there's nothing to dislike about the guy. Personality wise, talent wise, the 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 leading trait in our squad right now is leadership, and you can see that with the captains we've got appointed. But you can see in the players, you know, people are like going to speak about Sar, no doubt, that they're all fearless. Um, Destiny's a fucking good player. You know, in six and a half years, he's mental. Um, his agent must be getting a nice little slice of that. So that's probably why he signed it.
3: It's only it's only relevant, it's, it's relevant for, for retrain, ret, uh, retaining transfer fee. But it's also relevant to, um, it's, it, it, it's relevant to in, ensuring that... It Yeah, you you have control as a footballer. You've got leverage, right, when when a transfer inevitable transfer comes. Um, But if there is no break clause in this contract, there has to be. I know there's the club's option of an extension on on uh, on five years, but essentially a six year extension, exactly the same what Kane had. If there is no sort of break clause in this, I'd be amazed. But I'd also be amazed if Daniel Levy would allow a situation where a player could leave if he wanted to, rather than if the club wanted to. Mm. So Doggy's just gone, mate, I, I, what, what do you think, actually speak? What, do you, has he Has he just gone, this is incredible, five, six years of my, my life are now secured. He's probably on a, a contract of around, if I had to guess, 60, 70,000 pounds a week.
2: I mean, look, if he, if he turns into, a, if he turns into a proper world-class player, then someone might come along with a bigger bid. But there's also that opportunity for Tottenham and the player and the group of players that he's, he's playing football with to become a club big enough where he doesn't need to step away from Spurs.
3: But Kane did that as well. You know, he, the, he thought he was doing that as well.
2: Yeah. It and unfortunately, it, 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 things are going to come together now that Harry Kane's left because that's just the history of Tottenham Hotspur, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, but but it's, just, it's just the way he's in football. But I, I know what you're saying, but he's <laughs> probably just on a high right now and he's probably incredibly rich having signed that contract and he's it's happy and content so, yeah he's set for future focus now. on the present and don't think about three four seasons from now could be lifting the the Champions League by then with well, Spurs so. well,
3: uh, well multiple times maybe um, he's he will be 27 when this contract is up he's currently 21 Oof. we signed him for fifty. 50- not even at his peak did we come into, I mean, maybe contract extensions. Who knows if he carries on like this? Like, do, do you always, John? Do you always see him as what he is right now? Because his versatility is be, is evident, isn't it? Because we thought we were signing a, a left wing back, then then he's now a left back slash centre midfielder slash number eight or ten, and all of those roles he's completely comfortable in. Like, where, where like is this going to be? Like, what what is his? best position like does, does it even matter
1: yeah I don't know if it does really matter to be honest I, he- I heard a lot of people saying I think maybe Cal made the point that like he's so good that eventually he'll get moved to be part of the front three Um but I actually think football's changed where like being part of the front three doesn't necessarily like mean that you're a better player because fullbacks now are so important and if you think about Angie's system the fullbacks in his system are pretty much the most important part of the team. So, being put in the front three isn't like the promotion that it used to be. If you see what I mean, right? right. When you used to have talented fullbacks, you're like, oh, they could play as part of the front three. Now I think actually like they're so important that that are, that's sort of not as essential. So, I think as long as we have Ange or a manager that plays a similar style, that actually that sort of left back or fullback, which you know, any sort of hybrid version of those two roles is his best position for now but you can never you never know right like he he's obviously got such a huge ceiling and he is so young which is you know the thing that i think is easy to forget just given his like presence on the pitch so either way i think we, we have ourselves an incredible talent that we could be looking forward to watching him play for many years which is really exciting he was excited he was, was
3: signed in august in 2022 for 15 million pounds plus add-ons if he continues to perform the way he has done this season, what do you think his value is at the end of the season? Just as, as a reference point, right now, transfer market, who are pretty reliable, they they, they have a, 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 what their algorithm is to decide a player's value. But every time you look at it, you go, yeah, that's about right. They've got him at 38 million euros currently. So if, if someone was to buy him right now, it, the market value not what Spurs would demand but his market value actually that's that's the same thing he's, but he's, his value as a, a footballer he's a
2: bit more than that he's a bit more than
3: that yeah his value as a footballer he's right million, now is 38 million but so if if someone were to buy him from Spurs right now are you thinking 60 million
2: yeah, it's, it, yeah you're it's, dealing with Daniel Levy as well and he's never going to let it go he's never going to let the player go for 38 million I mean that's round it off at least you know
3: true uh, John, you got what? What do you think by the end of the season? What his value would be sixty, sixty,
1: sixty,
3: seventy? That's crazy. Yeah, we, by
1: the way, seventy million pounds for a player <laughs> yeah, it's is mental. Crazy. It is crazy, but we've seen it with other players, right? Like what um, you know, Saicedo and <laughs> players, you know, other players from Brighton <coughs> that had one good season, and suddenly their value went through the roof. Yeah. This is what I've been talking about, you know, the last couple of weeks around like enough games to actually judge players on it seems that even the transfer market is just gone insane that after 10 games people are like yeah cool like 50 million now for him because he's had one good season um, but if he does have this one good season yeah he'll be worth like 50-60 million quite comfortably because again fullbacks they're worth so much in today's game because they're such a crucial part of the way teams play so there's a premium for that position do you think, as well
3: Do you, so, you think there's, yeah. an, there's an issue for some of these players you know like a player's value often goes up if they're having a good se- season in a system that suits them like Girona in, 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 in La Liga at the moment currently are they, are they top of the league? They yeah they are they might beat the
2: yeah. Barca The other yeah, they beat,
3: they beat Barca four two. Now there is a lot of play. A lot of clubs apparently now scouting Girona. The reason why Girona are in this position isn't because of individual players. The individual players have been able to perform in a way that their managers has, has asked of them. In the same way that Pochettino was being able to create value out of a Southampton squad and a Spurs squad, to be fair, that wasn't there before he arrived. I wonder if how how many players. Values at Spurs will be elevated because of what Postacoglu is doing like this inverted fullback for Porro is a gold and so it is for Adogi. they're getting to demonstrate attributes to their playing abilities that they wouldn't have been able to if they weren't given the freedom just to fuck things up <laughs> and they no, I don't mean I mean I don't mean fuck their own like that. Like make things worse you know just they can they're just freedom to damage teams it's a beautiful thing yeah um, there's another question here about well the second part of that question was about Papsar and whether, he, whether or not he should get a contract his value according to transfer markets, is about 35 million euros he, he's ceiling, because of the nature of his play is probably less there'll be less attention on him than the than dog he's going to get a doggy's going to get but that that performance against and we, we talked about it a lot in the last podcast but that, that performance mm. against Newcastle was Fantastic! That was exactly the what. Not that my opinion means fuck all, but that was exactly the kind of performance. I was like fucking hell. No, and now I get it. I, I really get it because I was unsure about what he what he brought, but it was it was an incredible performance. When it, John, he just makes. Oh,
2: go on. No, go no, on. no, no, no. Go on, go on, go on. no, you go speak. I was just gonna say he just. We were kind of missing something from the midfield, which we, we you know, obviously, uh, recently we've been missing a lot. But w- when he's in the team, he just makes other players play better. Do you know what I mean? And this is a young guy. It's just the, the, the way that he, he, he works with the ball at his feet, you know, the way that he passes the ball, you know, his fluidity through the midfield. He just allows the likes of Basuma and Poro and others to just be more expansive. Because you know you've got confidence. You know that this guy's going to have your back. He's going to protect the ball. He's going to play the ball. And he's a young guy. My concern is—is is like a positive concern, if that's such a thing. Um, what happens when we've got everyone fit? You know, does him not playing week in, week in, week out mean that he kind of impacts his evolution at Tottenham? Um, is it the you know when, when, once we're in Europe does it not matter because there'd be a lot of rotation anyway so he's just a player that you know is going to improve game on game and he's done exactly that and he's probably going to get even <coughs> better um, it's just going to it's Premier League's a very physical league he's a uh, skinny lad right compared to some footballers but on the pitch he's he's a giant you don't tend to look at him and think he's a bit weak whereas you know you've got players like Brian Hill that get kind of pushed about a little bit too easily Um it's just exciting. We've got so many options in, 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 in the centre. So many good players. Arguably, some you might argue kind of get in each other's way selection-wise, but it's a good thing. It's a good problem to have. Uh,
3: we've got a question, and we're going to go over to Reddit, Stevie THFC, and I'm going to do my best to read this because it's, it's lengthy, but I think it's worth, uh, worth, worth hearing. Uh, he says, It's that festive time of the year again, and you're on the annual trip to take your kids to see Santa. In the queue, the children are all giddy and excited whilst you browse the Instagram models on your phone as for some distraction. But then you hear it from under the big, white Santa beard. Mate. You put your phone away to listen closest to the big, jolly Santa at the front of the queue. The gruff Australian accent calls to you from inside its bright red suit. As your, as your suspicions become reality, time seems to slow down. You head towards Santa. The cries of children and the yells of mothers fade into the background whilst you wade through the obstacles in front of you. Finally you, take it, <laughs> finally, you make it to Santa, pick up the child on his knee, cast it aside like an empty crisp packet. You look at Santa up and down and line up his big sturdy leg to take your seat. Copper perch, mate, emanates from Santa and perme- permeates your soul. You feel lightheaded and have started to sweat that knowing tingling sensation your groin is growing. Now delirious, you take your seat upon Santa and hear the question you've been waiting for: What do you want for Christmas, mate? What do you boys want for Christmas? <laughs> what? <do> you... <laughs> it was the it was the cries of children and the yells of mothers fade into the background while you wade through the obstacles in front of you. It was
2: uh... that's a really good little blog? He's put a lot of effort into that.
3: It sounds like something Bardi used to write for us back in the day. Mm. Um, you get anything nice for Christmas? As men, do we get things nice for Christmas? I'm I'm happy with our pants and socks, boys. Quickly, just a
2: bottle of rum
3: yeah. will do, do a Bottle of rum, that's fine, yeah. John.
2: Yeah. Um, well, I've
1: asked Mrs. PS Five, PS Five. Oh, Oof. yeah. Because you, I've been putting it off. I getting one for years because I'm just like, well there's no point. Because you know, there's no new games that I really want to play. And yeah, uh, but hang on. You, you're, thought, you're, actually,
3: you're you're you know, you're doing all right for yourself, John Boy. Your, your missus is doing all right for herself. Why don't you just fucking yeah. buy a PS5 at any time you want?
1: Yeah, know This is <laughs> what I'm saying. I I haven't bought one because I just thought, well, I need something for her to buy me for Christmas one year. So now's the year. I've been putting it off because I'm just like, I don't, you know, just not. Been so what are you
2: going to play when you get it? what was what's, what's called the you
1: latest eye? FIFA like the latest FIFA oh, like I do on every fucking PlayStation um, it's boring isn't it what, so if she if she, if, some if, if she bought
3: herself a strap on what would your immediate <laughs> yeah. reaction be John like would you be like oh, okay like let, let's see because obviously she's your wife and you're going to spend yeah. hopefully the rest of your life together and she bought this is something she's in, into mm. and the way she's bringing it up is <laughs> open it on Christmas Day and
1: there's a big old uh i got a big old on the end of that strap on. What, what, <laughs> how are you reacting I tell you, I know. Right. i tell you exactly what would happen here, right? What would happen is I'd be like, this is brilliant. And she'd be like, yeah, yeah, you're into this? I'm like, I am fucking well into this. She'd be like, okay, brilliant. Tonight, nine o'clock, meet in the bedroom. I'm like, fucking perfect. I'd literally be upstairs. I'd be like completely bollock naked, laying on the bed thinking, this is going to be the best night of my life, right? She bursts in with a strap on. And I'm like, well, where's the other girl? Oh, <laughs> And then she, she'd be like, no, this is just me and you type thing. Yeah, And then I'd be like, ah, oh, that's not, no. No, no, my thinking. question to thinking, you, John, is
3: that would you go through with it if it's something she really wanted?
1: Uh, no. I mean, it, dep- it would depend on the size, right? If it was just like a little nub, just like a little, like, no bigger than a like, pinky finger. Because that's, you know, it's like a prostate exam, isn't it? So it's not in the end of the world. And if it meant that much to her, I'd be like, sure why not everything everything
2: once um, to cosplay a, a, a doctor but yeah
1: but, but if yeah. it was if it was in my scenario where she's like yeah I've bought this strap on so I can smash smash some other bird while you're in the room yeah but that's her. not right. what we yeah, have that, not that wouldn't enough. be funny would it that wouldn't be worth talking about I know about. but that's well obviously but that's what I'm saying that's where my mind would go so it'd be an awkward situation then when it turns out she just wants to you know bite right, me alright Christmas um, day no, she comes
3: out massive dong on it and she went I'm gonna smash yeah. you with this later Merry Christmas <laughs>
1: i was like well I better hold back on the (laughs) the sprouts better go easy I love Brussels sprouts by the way oh mate they're so banging they'll ledge
3: Um, CTW3970 says in the Newcastle game last week there was a moment where Isak deliberately tunnelled Romero what's it tunnelled Romero does that mean just go for him Uh, which was completely ignored in the commentary compared to Romero's tackle later on when Harry Kane used to do this he was highly criticised of how dangerous it was uh, why do you think there seems to be a bias to Spurs players playing more dangerously and playing uh, than other teams? We did talk about this last week because yeah. Alan from Romford sent in a voice note, and it's gone down a storm. Like people mm-hmm. have just been tweet, like re- responding to the tweet for questions, going more from Alan from Romford. All the entire podcast should be Alan from Romford, and I don't have the phone that gets messages sent to it. Ricky has it. So I don't know if there has been a follow up from Alan from Romford, but if there has been, Ricky needs to sort it out, and we'll uh, we'll include it in, in in future podcasts. But we we talked about the bias. If it does exist, if it doesn't exist, you can't as a, the problem as a Spurs fan, you cannot defend what Romero did because if you do, you just your 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 opinion is irrelevant because. It, when, when when it happens to our club, a player is like Charlie Adam or Matty Cash or Matty Mash. Uh, you know, you, if you're in that situa- situation where your players are being fouled and you scream bloody murder and then don't when Romero does it. Like what Romero did on Wilson, although Wilson deserved it because of all the things we discussed in the last part, was fucking foolish and dangerous. So I get that he's a great player, but you just don't... It's It's not about media bias. If our player does something like that, in my opinion, you should look at it and go, Well don't do that. I mean don't stop. Do whatever you want. But 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 don't don't think that there's some sort of agenda against Spurs.
2: But they VAR did take a look at it and it was a yellow card. So but that and, but
3: you're saying VAR's in your because it's in your no, favour now.
2: What no 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 what I'm saying is VAR doesn't know what it's doing. Like the officials in that room don't have any consistency because you can you can look at um Who's the guy that smashed into Porro? Uh, Joe Linton, right? In the... Yeah. He went up I mean, for the I ball can... and he looked like he just... just Yeah, I mean that... Um, and look, the, the thing is, the player got up. So it wasn't obviously a dangerous play. Or was it? Because, you know, if he's got his elbow in a certain position, he could I, take his head off.
3: I don't so, want like, don't, to have a conversation about Vieira.
2: No, I don't want it's not, to... It's not about that, but if you want to lean into the tinfoil hat, stuff right, it does seem a bit peculiar sometimes like I, someone on, on, on Twitter I've seen a few people talking about how uh, you know pundits glorify British players right steady on John like Gerard, <laughs> Lampard like, you know Rooney players that have been physical Roy, uh, Roy Keane obviously like people talk about well they talk about his quality because he was a quality midfielder but he brutalized players right on the pitch that's all right, because they're winners. They're playing for winning teams. Mm-hmm. We are not part of that conversation. We're just not part of that conversation. So when we're doing something, it, it gives the pundits an opportunity to moan. And as we know, a lot of punditry is just kind of real-time content creating. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense when you start linking it to previous comments made by the same commentators. They say something about one player. I remember a, a game where Andy Gray was commenting. This is going back a while. And I think Zocor made a tackle on a United player, and he fucking, you lost it. Should be a red card, should be a red card. And then Rooney or someone made a tackle on a Tottenham player, not that long afterwards, and there was silence. And it was just comical. You're watching it, and you're thinking, how? Is that not the same thing that we just witnessed five minutes earlier, ten minutes earlier, whatever it was? So, you can wear a tinfoil hat. I think it's fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, um... I do think with like the Romero thing. I do think there is some um now some inherent bias around around him and him his style of play as a footballer that is seeping into referees' decisions and also commentary. Like the way Neville makes a noise is when he flies into a tackle. It's like lots of players fly into a tackle. It's it's irrelevant whether or not the tackle is good or bad. That particular tackle I thought was pretty bad actually, and another day could have been a red card. I wouldn't have been Apoplectic if he got sent off for that. But I thought a yellow was fair because I also thought the one where he wins the ball and then clatters into Enzo was also a yellow card. And then he gets a straight red for that. And then a week later, Havertz is playing against Luton, wins the ball and then clatters the player, doesn't even get booked. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly my point. It's like yeah. th- those type of decisions and those type of things do go against players' reputations. And I'm not saying that's new. That has always been the case, and that is a frustrating thing about Romero. Is he has now a reputation that does precede him, unfortunately, um, and he doesn't help himself by flying do, into tackles when you're four-one up. So do, yeah, you but do, lot, an issue do, there.
3: Do, do you think? Did you think that, that that some of that challenge was about what Calabouson and and Dickhead oh, yeah. from West Ham yeah. was
1: talking about, like yeah. mugging off for Charleston? But it, it, yeah, like, I loved it. I love that he got away with it. But, but if it had got sent off, we would—the three of us now—would be absolutely fuming because that's yeah. four games then. Agreed. But does it, <laughs> without <does> it? Him, <laughs> so. <laughs> but, oh yeah, yeah, because the second <laughs> the straight red, right? A second straight seven red. seven games. Okay. Game. So he'd have played. He'd have been banned. More, nearly, he'd have been, have a ban longer than the amount of games he he's, he's played. played
3: this season. We yeah, we we were very lucky in that respect, and I, I guess to some degree that. That Posco has to have a word with him, but it also showed, though it wasn't a great example of management of a situation. It showed the togetherness between these players because Richarlison obviously was definitely affected by this podcast, this this thing that that that, that um, Wilson and uh, Antonio had said about him, like mugging him off for, um, you know, I don't know what as many yellow cards as goals or whatever they said about him. But the players knew about it. It motivated them. Like when when. Callum Wilson headed the ball down into the arms of Accario, and he put his tongue out. That wasn't a, just a, an, a uh, like a, him goading of the fact that goading, sorry, goading Wilson of the fact that, that he'd managed to miss. It was because you said this. Look at what you did. You couldn't score in this situation. You're mugging Richarlison off on this day. Mark Richarlison has has bagged a, a, a double. so shut your damn mouth yeah. and I just think that there's such a. my point here is that there's such a togetherness in this squad that their willingness to behave outside the rules of decency something you generally don't see in English football as well there's kind of like a. there is a there is a there's a code of conduct that is you know breaking apart season past season but there, there was a way of behaving in, in English football that isn't the same as it is right now and if everyone's going down the pan then fucking spurs should as well and and stick your fucking tongue out give it to fucking callum wilson unwrap like rattle him like making sure that well, he why,
2: but why not but why but why not floby just in terms of like the psychological warfare that goes on like, if we're going to be winners and we're going to have win- winning mentality it'd
3: be great if everyone thinks we're cunts on the way
2: yeah just just it's about us it, it's Let's be who we want to be, rather than a reflection of what they think we should be, which is half the problem here. You know, Callum Wilson after the game says, "You made a comment about it, not you know, not being you know, we're all growing ups And it's like, mate, you were on a podcast taking a piss yeah. out, out of Richarlison. I think over him
3: with one of the most average centre forwards we've ever seen in the Premier League.
2: <coughs> um, I think Richie was getting uh, was, was was getting targeted because uh, he took his shirt off more times than he scored. Um, right. There was there was a there was there was a joke somewhere in amongst all that. Um to make those two very insecure footballers feel a lot better. And
3: the redemption arc is on for Richarlison, isn't it? Because this mm. was his first game back speak f- with um Yeah. From his from his talk- surgery, and he's talked about it.
2: I mean he does look a different player, right? And again it might be a psychological thing Just as well, he's got the injury done. In I know, I know. My feet are firmly on the ground. Um it was good that he was he was energetic. He was defending. He was rushing for the ball. I think we've been talking about this offline as well. And I think you guys might have mentioned it on, 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 on the pod. But it's just, he seems more comfortable as himself. And um, we just need that bullish Richarlison back. You know, is he long term the answer? Probably not. Um, can he score more goals with his feet? Then he said We'll see. But it's, imagine, good, it's good to have a player back.
3: Imagine if he gets 20 league goals this season. Like, like from, from, from being a player that we thought would never be able to cut it at Spurs to suddenly becoming a number nine that most clubs in Europe desire. Like, is there a world that, that that could happen? Like if we dream big? It solves so many problems.
2: Well, there, there is a world. It's the world of Tottenham Hotspur. But everything that you, you don't expect, we tend to deliver it. So... I'm up for that. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with a redemption arc and I'll apologize to the guy. I don't, love, I don't hate the guy. I love him. But he's, quality-wise, I've always said, doesn't have that natural finesse. Um, but we've never really played him in the position that we've needed to play him. And he's never been in the right frame of mind either thus far. Maybe now to Christmas, if he can score a few then, you know. And
3: he's he's been injured. He had to have this operation. He's had the operation, hopefully, there's been an, enough of a distance gap between his poor performance in this one and he's able to get his mental win in the right place to um, to perform well for Spurs. Uh, another question from Phil Bill Phil Phil Bill. Phil B from Ottawa in Canada. He says the boys go one the boys go one the boys go on, sorry, I didn't write that. But but the boys go on an unbeaten run for the rest of the season. As they are about to raise the Premier League trophy in Liverpool, Daniel Levy reaches out and says, Flav, for you and Ricky and the boys, for all of your support, bring all of your friends. I've, got, I've chartered a bus to take you to and from Liverpool to the match. All expenses paid. So the day comes and we've been unbeaten all season and all the lads uh, are waiting as the bus build, uh, pulls up. As the door opens, you say, Oh, shit. The bus driver is Lloris and he's absolutely shit-faced drunk. You know there's no other way <laughs> you'll get to see Spurs lift that trophy. Are you getting on the bus? There's no well There's absolutely no way that the, that a bus pulls up and Lloris is driving it. Shit-faced or not that I'm not getting on. I'm 100% getting on that bus. We've been driven to Liverpool buy Lloris and we have no absolutely guarantee that we're going to get there in one piece that's that's what that's that's life that's living John that's what you want isn't it? I mean it's not what you want you want the, just a the fat little coach driver who's been doing it for four years ideally but if Lloris is the driver you're getting on the bus
1: if he's the guy he's the guy and that's it like you look you've got two options in this scenario either 100% guarantee you don't see it or, you know, seventy yeah, percent. There's going to be, yeah. There's a there's a fair chance that you're going to career off dm one and into a ditch. But it's worth the chance to to see, you know, what you want to see. So I think if you don't take the chance, plus, you know, those buses are pretty big. Sit at the back in it. Naughty boys at the back. If yeah. anything happens at the front, you'd be fine. Just it's physics. He's got isn't kicking it? you think off ahead. for doing gear. Smashing isn't Smash into something. <laughs> exactly. But think about it from a physics point of view. Smash into something at the front. If you're all the way at the back, you'll be unharmed, completely fine, because it'll just, you know, there'll be loads of crush space before it gets to you. <laughs> so just everyone sit at the back, isn't it? Simple uh, well,
3: the, the problem is, is that it's just the people on the pod, and if you you mm. you would need to sit a couple of rows from the back, because if you're at the back and and say me and Ricky were a couple of seats in front of you, like regardless of what happens in the crash, your body weight yeah. being thrown at us would obliterate
1: us. I'd have to sit in the middle seat and just come flying through the
2: it sounds like Levy just wants to get rid of all the podcasters right
3: no mm. we're paid we're oh, being paid he I- wouldn't want to get rid of us we're being paid apparently oh,
2: fair enough.
3: Fair enough. are you being paid to speak <laughs> no Yeah, you're not being paid that's not true. I've seen I've seen the I've seen the receipts. You're being paid for all the positive stuff for you
2: Anakin, mate, inikin. No, you've been coating quite,
3: off quite you've quite been blue. coating off Daniel Levy since fucking two thousand and four. Your entire blog was dictated to question his his rationale. or two thousand six. But yeah yeah, 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 no, you're being paid. Um, we've got a question here from Diddy Barrett. He says if Madison and Mickey had never gotten injured. Against City, how do the three of you think the resulting games since would have changed and how many points currently would be on? Uh, also, who is the bigger man, John Bass or Postacoglu? Uh, I'll answer that. John Bass is the bigger man. Not, you know, I mean, he is a great human being as well as being a giant. Um, Postacoglu is a great human being, but his, his size is about his, the things he's consumed. John, if he'd never eaten a morsel in 35 years would still be bigger than me because it's just the way he's born to be it's just his role it's what he's supposed to be like if you wanted if you if if there was a, if there was if there was if you had like a platoon and there was going hand-to-hand combat and you looked to your right and John Bass was there with you you'd be like I think he's definitely going to be okay I'm going to be dead but he's going to be alright um, John, just on that quickly, uh, Madison and Mickey, yeah, Van der Ven, um, if they hadn't been injured, what what do you think might have happened? Like, where so would we I be? think there's
1: a really, really, really easy answer in terms of like, oh, like, what a great answer. But I think we'd be top. I genuinely do think we'd be top. Because I, I think we would have we'd probably, probably. John, John
3: sorry mate sorry so you <laughs> might I think you might need to either drop out of discord and come back in or just pull your mic uh, the lead in and out because you just keep sounding like an alien so let's spooky art uh-huh. yeah, well no you come back like, answer alright well, mate you he might,
2: you might be back he might, might be back is he back
3: go on come back no he's not Can back so, no jump no, you're out not, you're jump remote. out of Dis- discord come back in
2: uh, right to answer the question mate yep yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with John. We would probably be top or, or, or second place, and that isn't just the biased answer. It, it, you look at our form before in those opening ten games. We weren't necessarily at our full capacity even in those games, but there was something about us. There was momentum. You know, if you've got the spine of the team and and the foundation of the defense, you're going to do a lot more damage in midfield and up front. And and you look at the fixtures we had, like from Chelsea onwards. We might have lost one of those games because that's football. You know, it happens. Your luck might just run out for ninety minutes, um, but we'd probably be top or thereabouts. And it was it was bizarre seeing Jamie Redknapp um, mm. say these very same words. I was like, whoa, what the fuck is this? Like some kind of AI generated Jamie Redknapp talking positive about Tottenham. Yeah, it was birds. mad, wasn't he it? Said, I was hey, like, where's this come yeah. from? He, maybe he's just got the memo to go against the you know the the, the rest of the, the pundits on Sky, but. He, he wasn't saying anything ridiculous, right? And you look at the the quality in the in the Premier League right now, it's a bit it's, the, the, we're in a bit of a flux again like man City you know they lose one player and they just can't win games. The scum are winning games but then they're, they're not looking convincing like they, they have been. Villa haven't really been tested. We slapped them. Probably should have thrashed them to be fair in that first half. Yeah. And yet they beat us, and, they're, and they're, everyone's they're banging on about them. Yeah, they're title contenders, but Spurs are not because we've lost like you know one point out of fifteen and the rest of it, which is fine. I don't want us to be title contenders. We're but, not ready but, yet, but we are. We are, yet, are though.
3: We are. Yeah, there's one. We'll, per- what, if I was asking um, you a question, uh, Spook, what is the one performance this season that that would make you doubt whether or not we are good enough to win this title? One performance, but like, not Chelsea.
2: I don't think I can because I think wolves? the wolves' defeat. The-, the wolves' defeat came after the Chelsea implosion, and there wasn't enough time to kind of, you know, we had like the makeshift defence, and, and, and that was the one, wasn't it? Yeah, we we played within we 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 played const- we played like a Conte team in, on that on that day, and that might have just been because circumstances, right? Yeah, for West Ham game yeah. was disappointing. You know that game again, you know. It's not an excuse. I guess it's a reality. Sometimes the players just don't gel and there's this kind of broken collectiveness where we just, we're just we not doing what we need to be doing as a team. And we made West Ham look really good and West Ham went went, went, up to, well, went across to Fulham and we got absolutely slapped. So technically... We could have slapped them.
3: We could have slapped them.
2: Yeah, but don't technically speaking, to answer your question, I don't think we've played badly this season in terms of yeah. our defeats have been self-made. And I know that sounds like, ooh, what does that mean? I mean, football's about punishing the mistakes of the opposition, right? And if you're not good enough, you're going to get punished. And we've been punished a few times. However, I've not seen anything this season that's made me think we haven't got what, it's, what, what, it, what it takes um, just in, in in the head and with the feet. Well, obviously, in terms of bodies, we haven't got enough. We got stretched in one game and we might still get stretched across the re- re- remainder of the season. But... Yeah, we should be title contenders if, if Villa are. No, no doubt about that.
3: Yeah, and we're under the radar again, aren't we, John? What about,
2: it? What
3: about it? No, you're not back. No, it sounds terrible. I think, I think, John, you're going to have to, as much as I hate to say it, I don't know what...
2: Off. Yeah,
3: you're going to have to fuck off, I think. I don't know. It, it sounds, it's, it's even worse. It's even worse now, if anything.
2: Maybe re- re- restart the uh,
3: the
2: route, mate. Do you, you know? Yeah. do <laughs> <laughs> the, the uh,
3: try classic? Try and uh, just yeah, try and restart, and then or oh, just jump off. All right, he's gone. He's gone. All right, it's me and you. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree. I, I think the performances were um, even in defeat were, were admirable, and and we should have beaten Aston Villa, and we should have beaten fucking West Ham. And mm. th- th- what was so fantastic about that Newcastle result is that everything element to our victory was evident in every game that we lost previous wasn't it mm. it was it was just perfect the fact we we beat like i oh know i get it that the newcastle were a good side and that i also get understand that they were decimated by injury but so, i mean we, we we the only the only disadvantage that they had that we didn't was the fact that they played champions league football but yeah yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was fantastic. Um, we've got a question here from T. Ravy D. Says, would you rather finish above Arsenal every season and win the league every once in a while, but they do the double over us every season, or get relegated and stay in the Championship but end up being the team to knock Arsenal out of the domestic clubs every season? There's a lot to what consider. The fuck? Oh fuck? Yeah. yeah.
2: There's a lot to digest there. The, f- the
3: first part of the sentence was fine. Uh, <laughs> would you rather finish? Above Arsenal every season, and win the league once in a while, but they do double you, double over you every season.
2: I don't want to. I don't want to be losing to them. Well, that would,
3: it, it would be losing every single game we ever play. Yeah, nah. but we finish above them all the time. I, mm. It's not. It, you couldn't have that, could you?
2: No. I'll, I'll take the risk. I beat them and see what happens.
3: Should we do another John check? See if he's here. Come in. <laughs> no no mate we're going to have to figure this out another time John Just, uh, alright bye you got it you got <laughs> can't hear um, yeah so um, what do you think our best midfield is like when we get uh, Bentancourt back and you've got Basuma we've got we've got Le Celso we've got Saar who's been playing brilliantly this season um, Maddison coming back as well Hojbjerg's hey, hey. in there we're stacked in midfield uh, we've been linked to yeah. uh, Joe Bellingham I don't know if, you, if you've seen that
2: uh, the Sunderland well yeah Joe yeah, well,
3: Bellingham's brother Joe's brother yeah. his yeah, shit
2: yeah, brother yeah. basically we've been Yeah, we've been linked with a few kind of young players in the last week and I say linked I've just seen their f- images appear on my timeline so I'm like okay yeah. never heard of this guy obviously I've heard of uh uh, the Sunderland striker, the the, the um, beta version of Billingham. but um, midfield wise, it's again, it's a, it's a nice conundrum to have. Like like in the past, we've struggled, right? To to kind of we look at, uh, look at our midfield. We we didn't have an Eriksen replacement for so long, and then obviously Madison comes along. Benton was incredible before his injury, and will, no doubt will be incredible again when he comes back. A touch with it doesn't get injured for a third successive time. Um it's i it, 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 i guess long term and Sar in terms of the style of play that they offer um if you feel like you play one of those two right, yeah, and maybe have Benton Cor in there with Madison yeah dramatic pulls. I don't know whether you uh, disagree what, or with th- th- there's no right ar-
3: there's no right answer is there speak there's no it's the
2: balance man how does it how does it's it the balance and,
3: and and based on that performance against Newcastle Sarr seems like intrinsic to the balance
2: right now a hundred percent the difference he made like we said earlier the difference he made by coming back into the team he just he just amplifies the abilities of the other players around him and then that's something pretty special right mm. because one one of the one of the things about being a, a footballer, as we've, we've witnessed with Jermaine Genus, you can have all the talent in the world. You can have the you know you know can be the ultimate athlete, but if you don't have it in your head and you don't know how to change with the tempo of the game, if you don't know how to to, to just manage the ball and and and, and just connect with you, with your teammates in the right way. Then it just falls apart. And Genus only ever gave us these kind of highlights. Every now and again, he was just—I mean, he terrorised Arsenal, which was great, and, and I'll forever love him for that. But you want consistency, and Spurs have never had consistency. Or oh, back in those days, recently we was slightly better. And it's because of the players that we do have in the middle of the park. And um, he's such a young young lad, and yet he's—he's so—I know it's a cliche to say this, but he's so level-headed and grounded and mature. Um, and he's just getting better and better and i i think he we need to persist with him um it, this is the just thing because is... the more games that you know the, the the better his output will be no doubt
3: completely stacked in midfield mm. um when, when when all the players come back to full fitness completely stacked in midfield where where, where do we need to strengthen in 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 January because it seems to me the more i see spurs play and, and how well we've coped if you like take the results away, but how well we co- mm. coped in terms of performances—that mm. perhaps the depth in the squad isn't as extreme and, and worrying as we thought it might be. Um, you know, I'm I'm happy actually with Ben Davies towards the end of the season to be Van der Ven's backup, and yeah. and I'm also kind of happy. I'm fine with Romero um, with Royale being. Romero is back up. Maybe, if there's an option to sign a player in in in, this, in 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 a January transfer window and it happens, then yeah, so be it. But where where, I think people... where do you think they go, or is it just about profiling players that are going to be good for the future or good or able to play this season? What, what do you think might happen?
2: It's tricky isn't it because you want Spurs to buy, you want Spurs to sign the right players that are going to offer us that protection over the course of the next few seasons most players that we're going to want to target will probably only be available in the summer. So what do you do between now and then? Like, You need to consolidate and protect the the momentum of the team again. You don't want Postacoglu to work with half a squad, which he's had to do in recent weeks. Not that he, it's a bad thing because he learns a lot from his players and we learn a lot about him as well. And he's proven that it's. we kind of forgot. We looked at the players and thought, oh my God, we, we're, we're finished. And we kind of forgot. Well, hold on a minute. We've got Postacoglu. We've got his system. We've got the belief that the players have bought into. So that's given us that extra little buffer zone of protection. And the results haven't, the points haven't been on the board, but the performances haven't degraded, which means basically any player that we sign, whether you rate him or not, is probably going to be someone that Ange signs off on and will fit into the team and give him that extra bit of comfort that he needs. So I wouldn't mind like another young centre-back. Yeah, uh, but, it kind of goes against the fact that we bought Phillips and 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 we got Dorrington and not, you, yeah. you think we're, they're, they're so a couple
3: of Yeah, they're a couple of years yeah. away. Like you you got to exactly. listen you've got to listen to people who know better and people that watch mm. football and and, and mm. you know apparently that they're they're not at Premier League level and nor is Eric Dyer. but even Eric Dyer is above their level currently. So mm. yeah, so there's a reason why Phillips and and Dorring, Dorrington didn't get any minutes during Romero and what yeah. would be Van der Ven's absence, I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons.
2: This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is
0: a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another "stomp you out" speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. But but yeah, center back, just because,
2: you know, if something happens to the wing backs, you know, what do we do? You know, we we have to kind of move players about, right? Um, the, The other positions, it's tricky, right? Do we look at a winger? Do, do we a look le- at a forward? Lef- I don't think we're getting these players until the summer. I don't. I just I think, think January's is- is going to
3: be disappointing for a lot of people. Look, me, the, both of us. Say both of us. Weirdly, in the fact that Postecoglou is not a pragmatist. He's very much an ad- advantageous or ad- he, he. He's a. He's a manager who seeks um, to perform through adventure, whereas I think both of us, to some degree, are pragmatists. Mm.
2: Um
3: you look at the squad and you just think is it worth spunking loads in January on players that are not as good that we could get in January Uh, sorry in in, in the summer next summer like if you look at it you think Solomon's coming back Van de Ven's coming back Bensanko will be back Madison will be back Mm. given the fact that we've seen our squad be able to perform during these periods is it is it worth our while spunking loads of money on a player that we don't actually want but we potentially need in inverted commas in January? And the backlash from that from the fan base would be that would be that what? Well, oh, well, no! We're in a great position. Why didn't you spend in January? But the reality is, most big clubs in inverted commas don't spend hugely in January. Yeah. The, the best the best business that's been done in January in recent years is from Tottenham in Benzema and Kulosevsky so what What do you do? Like What What do you do?
2: The, I think the, this comes down to your perception, right? Because the club know what they're doing. The club know it's it's a long-term thing. They're going to build towards something. They they probably have their targets for the summer and they're going to be patient enough to have to wait because that's the only time they're going to be able to buy them, right? And move other players out, et cetera, et cetera. But supporters look at everything with these... Deadlines and these kind of expectations that if we don't get anything done by X day or this season, it all falls apart. I know and I appreciate that if you if you're in a position where you can consolidate Champions League, then take no risk and then bring in a player or two if you're able to do that. But just to protect what you've got tactically, financially, it makes sense because you get Champions League football. You can attract better players in the summer and you can spend more money. So it kind of makes sense from a business perspective to speculate a little bit um, just to protect that that momentum. But you're, 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 what you're saying is completely right. Like Us signing no players in January doesn't mean we lack ambition. It just means that our, our ambition is higher than the immediacy of what's going on now. And you could argue what's going on now is just this... I hate the word transitional. It's not really transitional. It's just... It's just Ange Postacoglu understanding what he needs to do to have the right foundation to, to to build on. And if that means he needs one or two plays in January, then the club will probably go out and do that for him. But yeah, I'm happy with what we've got. It's a risk because it only takes one more implosion or another injury, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, to kind of put more pressure on the team and and the, fa- and the fans will again think, well, we, we kind of fucked this up. Whereas my standing would be fucked What well. up. We've had four or five years of nothing going around in a circle. like No identity, no culture, no desperation to win now. Supporters, the fan base, the people that that I don't get on with, especially, you can't have the same energy as the person that you hate so much, Levy, because in the last four years, he's been desperate to win immediately. And it hasn't worked. It hasn't aligned. The club hasn't aligned with either manager. The players haven't aligned with the manager's ideas. Now we've got the right manager in the right in the, the right time, the right players. Something something is definitely working out for us. Then don't rush, and that doesn't mean just sit on your ass and do nothing. Buy the right players at the right time for the right positions. Just Do things properly for once, you know. And, it, and if it takes one or two seasons, that's what it's going to take. Don't, I don't think. Don't you can bang on about oh, well, the 20 campaign, years and no trophies and all that, mate. It's not about twenty years. That's nothing. Don't, but let's have some context. Remember context. We're happy. We've got good players. We're an amazing group of players. We need more. Absolutely no well, that, doubt. that that that, that camp- the right one.
3: You're right. You're right. Spiky. You're always right. But that 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 campaign isn't going to end until fuck knows. We could win a trophy. We could win a a league. And everyone will be so happy, and then the season after they'll be, well, now you've got to double down, you've got to back him again, and that's like, you know, I'm done talking about that. I'll never. Yeah. It. boring. I, I boring. didn't even. Like, I stop. So done talking about it. Like. Um, there's a good question here from R core 30. He says, um, "Maybe it's him. Um, what's the <laughs> highest and lowest league position in which Spurs can realistically finish this season?" so the league table currently is spurs are in fifth with 30 points after 16 games above us everyone's on the same same games played yep uh liverpool 37 arsenal 36 villa 35 33 for city and obviously we're on 30 below us man uh manchester united and newcastle are on 26 what what's what's your greatest Aspirational finish, or what? What's the greatest answer? What's the most aspirational answer of
2: I think. I think we can. I think we're competitive enough to finish top top five.
3: 100 oh,
2: like, percent. Like so. So let's aim for. I mean, I'm sure internally that's what the players want. They want Champions League. I'm certain Daniel Levy wants Champions League football, and will want that too. Um, so, I, you know. <laughs> I'm going to con- contradict myself. Like based on what I've just said, and based on the transfer talk, yeah. If we're in a position at cri- after Christmas, going into January, that we're in the top four and it's looking good, um, then we have to consolidate. We don't have to consolidate. Our aim would be to consolidate. Yeah, but we're, whatever we're, happens, is but up to us, a- but... answer
3: the question, Spook. What? What? Where? Where? What? What's the? What's our? What's the best? The best place this season? The best place we can finish this fourth, season? Fourth, I reckon. I reckon top, No fucking top is the best place
2: we can finish. I know. Of course, we can. I mean, we could. I mean, genuinely, no could, means. Could we? Like, it. Could we? It, it's not impossible. It's just that. It was always it, impossible. But lot. we. But it's, could it's we? A lot.
3: And now we're getting back. Are we getting back into that realm? Could we? I,
2: I'll tell you what it is. Right. If we
3: beat okay. Forest, then people will be talking about it. People will yes. be talking so,
2: about it again. And that's how stupid football is, right? The, the commentary around it. We have got, if I'm not mistaken. The best away record in the Premier League.
3: Have we? I didn't know that.
2: We might, we were definitely top the last time I looked. Yeah. Okay. So, and you think about how good we have played at home and kind of imploded, etc., cetera, et cetera. It's not that much of a difference to make up. Like, just in terms of form wise, tidy up a home form, it's possible. It is yeah. possible. But, and, and, and this is the power of. the power of good football and togetherness and belonging and the rest of it, you're allowed to dream a little bit because it makes it a bit more fun. (laughs) If you're sitting there like an accountant with this kind of transactional relationship, and I've seen people, well, let's talk again at the end of the season. No. Right. No. What what are you doing between now and the end of the season? no, no, we'll
3: talk now. We'll talk now. Forget your (laughs) fucking, your idea that something might implode at the end of the season. You fucking live in that world where everything's shit. Actually, right now, I'm going to be really optimistic and my answer to that question Spook is the best place we can finish is first the worst place we can finish is sixth fifth okay that's 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 where I'm okay, at I'll go with that and and, and that's such a, a massive sea change from where I was at the start of the season which was around eight or seven for as long as we're playing good football I see some sort of progress from last season I've seen so much progress. The fact that Mm. Postacoglu has managed to transform this team, and from what we was a year ago today, or six months ago, actually, moreover, today, where where we were getting mad isn't it. Yeah, yeah, to this situation now, where I'm thinking genuinely as like, without any kind of, you know, bravado or or bullshit I think that there is a chance there is a world where we can win the league this season it probably almost certainly won't happen like the the idea of it happening is mental but it's not outside of my realms of reality
2: Hmm. so Stranger things have happened mate and and we know that we've experienced that
3: so I think like if we can finish in the top five this season from where we were that would be such a massive statement and we're playing such good football. Like, I can't wait to watch Tottenham Hotspur play Nottingham Forest on Friday night. We might lose. We might not. Like we we might get a result. We but what but what we will see is Tottenham Hotspur playing with their chest out, with bravado, with a guile and, and 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 a mercurial ability or, or lack thereof, wherever it might be, will will be a flair club playing with their chest out with their, their, their socks their, their, their shirts tucked out and then the socks rolled down and all the stuff that all the cliched stuff that you would attribute to Spurs of yesteryear that is what Spurs are right now is that we don't we're care not. who we're playing we're going to we're going to take it to you and we're going to take it to Nottingham Forest and if we beat them the narrative changes it really does
2: we're not in phase one mate
3: I know It's just a start. 16 games. Yeah, it is. I think we might have lost uh, Spooky as well. And if we have, then we'll round this up. Um, But uh, this has been the Fighting Cock podcast. Thank you very much for listening once again. Um, If you're not a patron, you can listen to much more of this kind of content. If you become a patron, patreon.com forward slash the thefightingcock. And until the next time... You hear our voices up the spurs.